0: The Podjectivity Network. That's the first time that's been said aloud into a microphone. And it feels good. And I'm here with the people that helped it happen, that made it happen. And maybe you've heard about our little podcast venture. Maybe you haven't. But here it is. We're downloadable. We exist on the internet. But how do we introduce a project that we've been working on for
1: months? At some point, you have to just roll it out. Well, might I recommend we ask the person who invited us into podcasting Hmm. in the first place, what motivated you to try this yourself, Adams?
2: I wanted to hear people's stories, women's stories in particular, and the thing that I'm most curious about usually involves the why of things. Why did you decide to do the things you did? Uh, I like to try to find the meaning behind actions and um, just kind of hear stories about the inner world that... Sometimes women don't always talk about. Um, One of the things that drew me to talking to you guys more had to stemmed a little bit from the Me Too movement where it felt like everyone was being really cautious with each other and not saying what they thought, men and women in particular. So having had a prior friendship that went back years with you, Andy, I knew that we had a certain rapport where we could be honest with each other. But having just met Dan, essentially, um, I was pleasantly surprised by his willingness to be open and candid about uh, all kinds of different subjects.
1: You had probably a little proximity trust knowing that he and I were mm-hmm. close and you and I were, so that, you know, probably wasn't a total douche. Yeah, there was love and kind of. Curiosity, Genuine curiosity.
2: Yeah, I guess the question for me is, well, that's what you're saying, but what do you really think? And really genuinely wanting honest answers. So.
1: And projecting when you asked, like through body language and energy or whatever else, like it's okay. This is a safe place to speak your mind. And if I disagree with you, it's not going to be, I disagree, and fuck you.
2: Mm-hmm. There's no danger here of losing anything.
1: You're not going to get canceled. Correct. Yeah.
2: Yes, because that's not getting us anywhere, I don't think.
1: That's the current climate mm-hmm. then, too. So, yeah, it was refreshing for us to have not just any woman, but, you know, a woman come up to us and be like, Hey, even though you're the last person that anyone wants to hear anything from. Men. Yeah, white guys <laughs> the white oppressor guy. or whatever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really, though what do you think? Yeah.
1: How mm-hmm. and, and and how do you feel mm-hmm. about this? And like having a chance to sort of figure it out through conversation because that's what it's for. That's what the dialogue is for if you're allowed to talk a little bit, you know, but otherwise you you hardly know where you stand because you can't even fucking talk
2: about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well,
0: so that's a start. So that's part of the mission.
2: What do you think? That's part of why we're sitting here. Well, what do you think for you was the draw?
0: Well, I can't talk about anything without rewinding a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I knew Andy for a good long time. And you'll hear more about that in... Future episodes.
1: We both named our kids after the same tractor. True. We Which, have that in common. Oliver. Oliver. That's where that comes from.
2: There's a tractor named Oliver.
1: There is. Tractor company like John Deere. Oliver.
2: I did not know that.
1: I know. That's okay.
2: <laughs> so you could we'll have, bring you along. You could have we'll, both had John Deere's. We'll bring you
1: along slow. We could have. But mm, Oliver's or better. Kubota's <laughs> Kubota's pretty cool, actually.
2: It's <laughs> a pretty good name.
0: So I've known Nath a good long time. We were in a band together. Sometimes we still kind of are. And that's where I first met you, Chris. Yeah. Was at early, early bandwagon practices. And just when you started showing up and sharing original songs and jamming with us, you were struck down in your prime by babies.
2: Those babies. For...
0: A number of years. I probably first met you in 0, 08, let's say. No, it would have been like 09 and 10.
2: That's right. Let's
0: not get too far in the weeds on that. Mm-hmm. But then you disappeared. Yes. And then I want to say it was like Christmas break a couple years ago. You came out and jammed with Jeremy and Huck and Johan and myself and you were you had the fever you had you had it bad for the jam Mm -hmm. you couldn't wait to come back and jam
2: ready to get out of the house three kids yeah yep oldest was two our youngest was two sorry
0: and so you worked your way back into the circuit and by that time the circuit was called jamily
2: and you guys sounded fantastic
0: We all realize through our various band ventures that you just can't be in a band. It's just too hard Mm. when you have kids and jobs and lives. The gig is never on a good day. No matter how far in advance it's planned, it just never works out. But what you can do is just play together whenever possible. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's something to play for. A lot of times
1: there's not. The more ridiculous the public gig, the better. That's an unspoken (laughs) rule, I think, as well.
0: (laughs) Silly. The sillier, the better. So that's where you got back into, that's how I got into your orbit, Mm -hmm. vice versa. And the Jamley, a portion of the Jamley, those who could make it, that's the thing about the Jamley, it's not the same people every time. It's Mm -hmm. whoever can make it, and whoever can make it makes the most of it
2: and somehow this ties into podcasting what we're doing. how
1: you knew me through the Madison songwriters group through music dan and i met through our kids but then that became music mm-hmm. and then music brought us all together again yeah and through music we realized that we had interests that existed beyond songs and just we 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 were like minded in lots of ways and you know you and i Personally, had such a high regard for your creative work as a songwriter. When you said I'm podcasting, would you like to, you know, come on and and try podcasting mm-hmm. with me? You could have said I'm into tying balloon animals right now. I'd have been like, sure, sure. I'll tie some balloon animals with <laughs> you because
2: I I like that song you wrote ten years ago. So, so sure, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think you smelled a certain. uh A certain stank on me Mm -hmm. when you got back into the jam world. Yes. And you were like, I want to play with you guys. Like, what do I have to play? What should I do? Right. And I was just like, you don't have to play anything. All you got to do is show up.
2: Yes. That was the perfect thing to say. And you
0: kind of kept at like, no, but I got to play something. Like, if I'm going to be part of this, like, no, you really don't have to. (laughs) Yeah, Just come. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can play the piano and sometimes you can clap. Sometimes you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Just just come.
2: Inclusive, very inclusive.
0: So if th- you seem to pick up a certain vibe from me. I did. and it we played together a few times. And then what happened? How did this happen? How did this idea happen?
2: We were at a party, and there was a woman there in a revealing outfit, and
1: oh. I she was young,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but a woman, f- newly fresh into womanhood, I would say, age.
2: <laughs> and we well start, said. And we started talking about her outfit,
1: mm-hmm. women's clothing. We didn't start. Adam's actually, I think, initiated it. <laughs> I think so. Dan and I, I think, at least have enough sense or, or decorum to not be like, hey, check out the dress <laughs> when there's a lady around. Or whatever. Right. It wasn't like that
2: hmm. But I was curious what you thought. Did you think it was too revealing? Would it have bothered you? Is there such a thing as too revealing? You know,
1: was it appropriate for the context? And we don't have to mention what we're in, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh-huh. Like, right. When can you be sexy? When can't you? Is just as. Is it? Know. Yeah.
2: Is it um, discriminatory to th- say women can or can't dress how they want when they want no matter what it wasn't context. a funeral
1: we can say that much right yeah
2: so just questions questions coming up and i really wanted to hear your honest answers and we started talking and we kept talking and talking and talking. that's talking, how it and started talking, and ta- yeah
0: it really got laid out there like we we had we acknowledged it like mm-hmm. well in this era it's really hard to say what you really think yeah, and you went to great lengths to assure us that hey, that's that's kind of why I'm here. I want to know takes, what you really
1: think about stuff. It takes a certain level of trust to air or like expose the conflict that you feel as a middle-aged man too, when you're old enough to be someone's dad mm-hmm. theoretically, and you feel some kind of sexual arousal mm-hmm. too, and you're like, all right, well. Since I trust you, Adams, let's just say that I might be mildly attracted by this. So
2: that 21-year-old or whatever.
1: But I recognize that it's wrong. And um, so so I'm conflicted about that. And that's my problem. And it's not hers. Mm -hmm. I recognize that.
2: Or maybe you have a different opinion. And that's okay, too.
0: And at the, I think at the same time, uh, you offhandedly mentioned Bill Simmons and because of my job, I'm lucky enough that I get to have earbuds in like eight, nine, 10 hours a day, almost five days a week and just listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a podcast junkie and you said something about Bill Simmons and I freaked out because I listened to a number of shows on the Ringer Network, and that kind of kicked it off too. I was yeah. like, "We definitely have an interest in stuff."
2: So talking I'm,
0: about stuff, mm-hmm. asking questions about stuff, and just getting other people's take on stuff.
2: I have this email in the first email chain that we started after that party.
0: Okay, that was some good searching. Just between the two, two of us
2: or three between of us? the three of us, there's 29 emails in Whoa. that chain. Whoa, 29. And it says, I started watching Chappelle last night Okay. and the effects of his comedy likely intended are laugh first, think later. Now I'm coming up with more questions about how men see things versus how women do. And I Um, want more conversation with the two of you. I appreciated your cautious honesty a few weeks ago. And then it goes on from there.
0: Jeez, man. There it is in black and white. Yep. That's how it started.
2: Next question I had on here is most women learn to seek permission to be who they are instead of listening to their inner authority. Is this true for men? Is it a female thing or a human thing?
1: And all I need is a provocative question. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love a good, juicy, provocative question to chew on? And then, you know, part of the, the challenge with pod for me is that I like, you know, there's a part of me that prefers that email correspondence like there's a part of me that would be happy and and satisfied if you just sent me an email like that every week
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I could compose my thoughts and I could think about it and I could send you back a thoughtful response
0: and I come from that background too Mm -hmm. I have a long and sometimes not so not so favorable history of that Mm -hmm. of ongoing long emails that Sometimes went off the rails a little bit.
2: Well, there's something hey, to... Man. There's kind of an atrophy that happens, I'm finding, you know, in 40, 41, 42 years of age, where it's like routine kind of settles in. There's not a lot of novelty or um, inspiration necessarily happening all the time. And so to have curiosity and discovery and connection sort of ignite a little bit. It feels like a great relief because I feel like I got a lot of that in college, but then.
1: Well, that's a time when you're, you know, the context is such mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, you're, you're being exposed to all sorts of perspectives Mm -hmm. that you've never been exposed to before. And you're thrown in this collective living arrangement too, where you're, you know, in a dorm floor where you're just uh, with <laughs> right. open doors, literally where you can just mm-hmm. go in and all of a sudden be like, do you believe in God? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and, and, and all of that, you know, life changing, all those life changing conversations happen. And like you say, like mm-hmm. by the time a couple decades pass, you sort of develop a sense of what you believe in who you are, or you think you've got that more or less sorted as you're going to. So there's, I mean, you never stop, if if you have, you know, an active imagination, intellect, curiosity, or whatever, you want to keep developing it or whatever, but your, your routine and your life changes and it narrows mm-hmm. in a way. Into routine, like you said, so it is refreshing and it is important to have somebody in your life say, I'm not sure how I feel about this thing that I'd, I'm witnessing right now. What do you think about it? Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel? Ask you a challenging question and let you know that, you can say the wrong thing and be forgiven and it'll be all right. You're just really after a better understanding of something complicated, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. It's just a, it was an invitation to engage, re-engage a little bit in a, the kind of activity that we'd lost or everybody loses. I think so. A little bit,
0: you know, you get in the family tunnel, mm-hmm. tunnel vision, I guess, and you're just surviving your and workplace you go through those years.
1: You know, a lot of a lot of, you don't have time in your work a lot of times to to delve into anything to in depth beyond just right. you know, the matter at hand and it's a, the practicality of earning a living and things like that makes you
0: Well, and day to day, just think of how many any day think of how many places you go and the kind of interactions you have with people, where someone goes, "Hey, how you doing?" and you go, "Good, good, everything's good." Mm-hmm. And that that's a struggle for me. I struggle to, I struggle with like small talk, generic small talk. Mm-hmm. So, like when people ask me how I'm doing, like they they get it like how what's <laughs> happening right now and it kind of it kind of shocks people a little bit but it's like it's
1: not like small talk doesn't exist when you're younger and you have relatives and people that you have to do that with but i think you know to put it generally as you get older if you're not careful it all becomes small mm-hmm. talk right right no i mm-hmm. yeah. so i've always kind of been that way when
0: somebody's like so how are you it takes a lot of effort for me to just say fine everything's good I, I just tell people what's going on and a lot of times I say live in the dream mm-hmm. and people get a big kick out of that I don't know why <laughs> but they do that it's amazing the react like you guys both just laughed construction sites uh, so I I'm a land surveyor by trade so I'm in all sorts of different settings all the time and whether it's a construction site or I just roll up onto somebody's property somebody's farm somebody's suburban lot whatever it is and introduce myself and they say how are you and i say live in the dream <laughs> and it always it always gets a reaction and it always ends up being a conversation starter mm. it's a huge icebreaker interesting and then people talk it's amazing i encounter so many different kinds of people all the time from your you know construction sites to just people at home roll up on people at home and it's amazing the kind of conversations i have that i'm not expecting to have
1: it's not hard to get these stereotypically kind of macho dudes leaning over a jackhammer or whatever to talk about real shit.
0: They can be a tough... It Not everybody's up for it, you know? It just depends. It depends on the day. Maybe that guy's not up for it today. But yeah, I'm always kind of amazed at what I can... I don't know if get out of people is the right word. But yeah, it's amazing what I can kind of get out of people just by being friendly and being... A little bit more honest than most people they've run into that day mm-hmm. tell them something that really happened today you kind of you get a feel for somebody by uh you know kind of gauge their age a little bit and i can say something about one of my kids or something in just the right way that i know that they'll be able to relate to you see mm. pictures on the walls or something or you see you just you get a feel for that person You say something a little bit honest, a little bit more honest than they're used to. Yeah. And it's amazing what you get back. Mm. And boom, conversation, being friendly. So Uh,
2: do you think that, because part of the, um, I guess, I definitely had a drive to want to do something like this, but also I felt like because there's such a such a wealth of podcasts out there i felt like i had permission to do it because mm-hmm. it was like uh
1: if everybody else can do it why
2: can't why I? not i know how to run an audio like I, I know how to edit audio i can do these things i have some equipment so why wouldn't i so when you're doing the when you're having these conversations with people in your day-to-day life and you're listening to podcasts all day long mm-hmm. did it kind of plant the seed then like well of course, why not me?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. before we bumped into each other mm-hmm. and this idea actually started happening, uh, I've had a number of people in my life tell me like, you should do a podcast because I never shut up. <laughs> I have a I have a reaction to everything. Any question about anything, it's thrilling. Somebody asks you a question, give them an honest answer. Mm -hmm. Somebody really wants to know something. It's like we were saying about the small talk and whatnot. Like, and we all, obviously we've all got that. There's nothing more exciting than somebody asks you a question, wants your honest answer about it, and they can take it. Mm -hmm. And then it just goes from there. It's pretty easy. So I've had people tell me like, dude, you should like be in broadcasting or something. Mm -hmm. And really looking back, if I would have known what I was doing when I left home, I shouldn't have went to college to be a teacher. I should have run straight to broadcasting of some sort. And who knows where I'd be now. I'd probably be like a commentator for games or something. Hmm. Because it's just... uh, That's where I probably should be. But hey, if you got to have a job, surveying's not bad. It's a pretty good job. And it's afforded me all this time to listen to podcasts and hear just... Hours and hours and hours of often just you know day to day sports stuff, a little a few laughs, a little comedy, but a lot of really deep thought type stuff, really like working on yourself type stuff mm-hmm. uh stepping out of yourself and taking a look and taking a little inventory like how are you doing man? like are you doing all you can are mm-hmm. you is there any way you could improve yourself a little bit like that's
1: yeah, Joe podcasts Rogan have is.
0: brought me that, so I almost feel like So, yeah, I kind of do feel like I've got something to offer. I've got a lot of ideas and I've got a lot
1: of things to say. And how much of it? So, do you guys? How much of it is why should they have all the fun as well? You know, like even if how true, even if other people can do things better than you can and you know that. Like, I remember the analogy I always use is I used to, I grew up during the Michael Jordan Bulls era and I'd watch NBA on NBC. On the weekends, <Ç in> <importa> finish it for me, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> ja, yeah, <laughs> yes. Desh. So that's how you—that's how we were feeling that, and we would get so—I get so fired up watching those games that at halftime I was out shooting, shooting, shooting. You I gotta go to play. V- let it out. Had, you Gotta vent it somehow. Have to go play, and you know, there's only so much appreciation and vicarious enjoyment of anything that you can have before. You just want to get your hands on it. You want to, dude. You've got a way. You've got a way. Just like being a band. Like,
0: why should? That's how that kind of started too. Sure. After a few thoughts of like, oh, I'm not really. I can't do that. That's that's impossible. Then it was like, well, why not? Why can't I do that? And it looks super fun. And guess what? It was. It was really fun. (laughs) And we're still doing it. And that's how this was kind of born too. And just, why should they have all the fun? And what you said, that there's no barrier to entry, but you said mm-hmm. something along those lines? Well, yeah, same When you same started idea. Grow, mm-hmm. another podcast that can be found on the Podjectivity Network. <laughs> just getting used to saying that a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh. The premise that there's no barrier to entry. Well, mm-hmm. we've found out over the last few months here, as we've been practicing, uh, and you'll be hearing that in the coming days and weeks and months, there isn't a barrier to entry, but it it's more than just opening up a laptop, plugging in a microphone, and talking. There's, mm-hmm. more, there's a little more to it than that, and we've learned that. Mm-hmm. As we try to set up our platform for this and try to get it out in the right way, and what are what is our point? What is our thing? What makes us worth listening to? Why should anybody listen to
1: us? How do you distinguish yourself? Where There's already
0: the... so many podcasts. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah 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 blah.
1: As original as 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 uh, writers of original content too, using it as a format to, you know, host songs that have... Been written or stories that have been written that are just, you know, not being shared. So,
2: with all of us being writers and musicians, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: it represents a chance to get that stuff out, share.
2: You know, and we talk about connection a lot and the creative current a lot. The and current. I don't want to ignore the fact that I live a lot by feel like how things feel. And when we did first have our conversation that night, it really felt like I was surfing the creative current a little bit. And it felt like, oh, I need to keep asking, keep checking to see if these guys want to do this. Like just by feel, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So... The fact that part of what our content is, is related to that creative current, where we find it in our lives, how we connect to other people, how things that have happened in our past connect to pop culture, things that are happening now, and it feels to me like it's all the same thread. So that feels different to me than some of the other podcasts that are out there that are more talking about immediate... Mm. Coverage of something that just happened five minutes ago. Reactionary. Reactionary. Everything is so reactionary. Yeah. This is more thoughtful, um, in-depth.
0: And take a little time. Yeah. We don't always have to be in such a huge hurry mm-hmm. to react to things. And listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, part of what wears me out a little bit and makes me think that why not us is there's always the quest and the thirst for what's next and what's new. Mm -hmm. And that actually gets a little tiring sometimes that something new is always, is always coming. That's the nature of our culture. It never stops. And there's a few people out there in the world Maybe I'm underestimating the number, but who can actually keep up with everything new that's coming out? New, new, new. Maybe I think they're... they're called teenagers primarily. <laughs> like they live in a house that they don't pay for, eating food that's prepared for them, wearing clothes that other people washed. When you've got that kind of time, okay, you can keep up with every new movie and band and song and cultural trend and whatnot. But if you're a regular person living a the life, there's no way you can keep up with all that. It mm-hmm. comes too fast. And before you know it, this year's crop of Oscar movies is two, three years old, and you never saw any of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you saw one of them. Uh, The more I listen to pod lately, the more I think there is a place for us in the pod space. Hmm. That Another little angle that I think we're going to be touching on soon and in an ongoing fashion is people are I purely my opinion, but we'll see what you think, I guess. I think people are tired of the culture, the monoculture. It's exhausting. The news cycle, mm-hmm. uh, the advertising cycle that comes with it, like I watch a lot of sports and commercials just break me after a few hours of watching any game. Watched a lot of football this weekend. You feel dumber. You feel insulted if mm-hmm. you've sat around and watched yeah, enough commercials the, that try to aggregate you into stupid
1: stereotypes. A point that I think needs to be made really Go quickly ahead. here is as, as tedious as monoculture as you call it is, on the other hand, we've spoken so much about connection, mm-hmm. connecting to people and being on the same page with people or relating to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and monoculture I guess represents that taken too far. Everybody relates and then it's dull as shit. <laughs> and then
0: who who are you? Who's the, the question so many times and so many things? Who is this for? Who is this aimed at? So and it's missing me every time. None of it speaks to me but,
2: ever. And there's a difference between surface level connecting and really Going beyond the surface of finding out what's underneath because it, often you don't agree and you don't see things the same way and that's not apparent when you're on the street. How was your day? Fine. How was your day? Good. Fine. Packers, <laughs> you know? nice won. Out Packers, Packers won. Nice today. Packers won. Yep. Uh, all right. See you later. Right. <laughs> right. Cool Packers. So that's not connecting. That's um, company. Is. I mean- yeah, it's just part a of life, though. You know? Yeah, I mean, you there's, there, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's just not what we're doing here.
0: But I'm, I, yeah, I find it, I'm ready to stop and break it down like any time mm. and catch people off guard. So <laughs> we have this, we've created this space that we can do it in. Mm-hmm. And maybe we've got a shot, maybe we're hitting at the right time, that people are ready to listen to something that their friends made.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's not from some, uh, what, accepted cultural icon who has a revolving door of accepted cultural icons and celebrities Mm -hmm. talking about their project and whatever. And the great thing about that is you can reach out to us and tell us what you want to talk about. And hey, if you like to talk and you want to be on a podcast... (laughs) just tell us mm-hmm. and you can be here too it's really you know i don't want to the whole barrier to entry thing like mm-hmm. that's why we've put the time into this and we've built a, a little infrastructure we're pretty we're pretty proud of it mm-hmm. that anything anybody wants to do really can fit under this mm-hmm. and we've got a place to put it
2: yeah yeah you want to come play a song Hmm. read a poem that share, kind of thing?
1: Share a funny memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. doesn't have to be funny, but those are good.
2: Only funny stories. Only funny? <laughs> Fair enough.
1: You know, And, and real, people, real people are damned interesting. Yeah. Well, and celebrities are real people when they're not doing their glamorous jobs, too. You know, like, life is what we're interested in, not the illusion of it. Yeah. So we want to pump the brakes a little bit and get off of the immediacy
0: reactionary roller coaster mm-hmm. and give things some time give things some space to breathe a little bit after the the dust has settled from opening weekend and half the critics all said it was awesome and half the critics all said it sucked and give it some time so we've been working on this for a few months uh, we've been practicing and recording it and so we're gonna start putting that stuff out as we ourselves try to figure out what our thing is, what we're doing. Um, we'd be lying, I, I can only speak for myself, but maybe I can speak for you guys. Be lying to say that we don't wanna succeed at this and that if we've somehow found a way to take this to a broader audience, get some sponsorship, uh, who knows? That's the fun of doing this, is we don't know. Mm-hmm. And just like the fun of starting a band all those years ago, we didn't know what would happen. But here it is, uh, 2010. Here it is 10 years later, and it's taken on a very different form, but we're still doing it, and it's still really fun, and who knows where that's going to go. Same thing with this. We don't know what's going to happen. But we, what we agree on for sure is you won't find out unless you plug in some microphones. You can wonder about a podcast forever, or you can do one. So here we go.
1: Sitting here watching the waves go. That's, cool, that's fine. And it should take a lot.
0: Of, it should take a lot. I of need practice. my
2: phone because then I can look. We should
0: stuff be close to now. our mics, I suppose. Yeah, I, I
1: mean. But I, then forget I, they're I there.
0: I had an idea. When we, get, when we get enough
1: reps of this. You're almost lips to the mic right now. Do you do that when you sing live? Uh, to, well, for the safety of others,
0: a lot of times I back way off. But then the sound what and people out the there safety? go like this because I sing so loud. I sing like there's no microphone. You do not need. Sometimes I do not need a microphone. So I had an idea to kick it off. Andy, Mm, tell us about that story that you wrote. Yeah. The free. For the the free. On the the free side. On the free side.
1: I always loved gym class. My undiagnosed ADD made sitting in a desk all day torturous. So every recess, or gym class felt like a prison break. Sometimes the wait for recess or gym got to be too much. It led to thoughts like, well, it's just one old lady up there and 30 of us. I mean, if I and at most one, maybe two of my homies were to... Say, shove her old ass in a closet. The door to the playground was unguarded and close enough where the entire class could have escaped undetected if we timed it right. Then I'd consider the consequences. I'd never be able to go home again. All my He-Man stuff was there. So now we're talking about a very risky secondary operation to extract my Masters of the Universe collection from the second floor of a farmhouse with my parents on high alert Crime to punish like it's Old Testament times. So I sat there and spaced out, watched the wind stir the leaves and the trees on the free side of the window, and invariably retreat into my go-to daydream. It wasn't terribly original, as I'd essentially co-opted the plot from Die Hard, substituting myself for Bruce Willis, of course, and switching the setting from a skyscraper to my elementary school. So evil German terrorists in my elementary, up to me and only me to save the goddamn day. Other than these minor adjustments, I pretty much stuck to the script, crawling around in the ductwork, dropping down and taking out the terrorists one by one until the climactic showdown with a big bad guy in the boiler room, because it's steamy down there, dramatic. I might rip a pipe off the wall and throw it through the dude's chest. Just like Schwarzenegger and Commando. You know, I don't really remember those details now, but... If I were to rewrite it today, I'd definitely involve some lunch ladies. steaming hot tater tot casserole to the face. Econo-sized government issued cheese to the back to bring him to his knees. Bitch slap him with a spatula and pizza cutter to the throat. I don't mean to suggest that my version was better. But I will say that the love story woven into the action was just objectively more fully developed. I loved the same girl all through my elementary experience, and she gave me just enough encouragement to keep the flame alive. But for reasons I'd never understand, she just wouldn't commit, or as I saw it, submit, to what was clearly destiny, staring in her stupid, beautiful face. She was an uncrackable code. But in my daydream, saving the school from German terrorists did the trick, and the hero got the girl. The transition from action fantasy back to stationary desk was always rough, with the old lady up there blathering, feeding us some sanitized version of European settlement in the New World, or scratching out some crude, chalky diagram describing numerators and adverbs. While the wind stirred the leaves on the free side, and He-Man hung out in Castle Grayskull in a little room. The second floor of a farmhouse, not far from Okaboji, with a killer view into Eternia.
2: Uh,
0: when I started listening, so anytime you guys record anything and put it over the waves, I get kind of nervous, and then I, and then it immediately go. I go to my. Save it mode Like I'm I'm gonna save this Till all the work is done No one's around I instantly go into that mode
1: So you can give it Your complete And undivided attention
0: Yeah and it's like I'm always giving myself Something to look forward to Ah Always Somehow Somehow geared that way So the story you wrote Lyrical Verse I identified very closely With The level, the depth, that you would go into that fantasy when times were bleak, which is often.
1: (laughs) Every day. Similar. Small country (laughs) upbringing, country school. It was a good school, too. I mean, I don't mean to make it sound like an actual prison. It's just the emotional sort of...
0: No, but you were a bonkers little boy. Right. And it doesn't matter how good school is. It's still a desk, and it's still like you have to write 20 sentences, and then recess is only 15 minutes. So I related very closely to the depth of the fantasy of John McClane uh, being heroic and how that would like the girls then would like, like you. And uh, mine was Indiana Jones. That was my go-to fantasy always that would like make the girls like me if I would just uh, swing through the woods <laughs> heroically, <laughs> evading the Nazis and the natives mm-hmm. and get the idol and put the bag of sand on there that and run That is what out. every
2: middle uh, school girl wants, actually. For sure. Speaking for girls. <laughs> Indiana Jones? <laughs> no. But he, he, real quick,
1: and then please continue. Gold, Maybe, maybe, just, maybe Chris should talk at some point, too. Team. But you make your whip. I'm getting there. You make your whip out of the rope or whatever you've got lying around, right? Right. And fucking zero times out of 50,000, do you ever get Never. that thing over impossible. something and it catches? Impossible. And then you can swing. No, it's impossible. Never. You have to
0: tie it and walk, <laughs> and walk back. <laughs> then look over your shoulder because they're, they're gaining on you. And then grab it because it's like s- set there on a hook. And then swing over nothing, just the ground. Um, so while Andy and I were... While John McClane was saving everyone in the building, and while Indiana Jones was uh, evading the natives with the idol.
1: Blow darts. And we were sure,
0: we were sure that this kind of, uh, these sorts of heroics were going to get the girls. Were we right? No.
2: Uh, No. I don't think so. What did the ladies want? Were you right?
0: How old were you during that fantasy?
1: Oh, it, it was a, it was an ongoing thing. I mean, probably started that kind of stuff very early, second grade-ish, and on through fifth, you know, the rest of elementary. You put me into like 10, 11, 12
0: when, with your story.
1: That's where I went
0: with your words mm-hmm. and went to my Indiana Jones thing.
1: Huh? So it went that far. You're talking middle school almost, pushing middle school, yeah, fifth grade. Yeah, pushing middle school, but So able to see some cool You movies. guys
2: back then were thinking rescuing is the way mm. to go.
1: You just, it was, I said it wasn't yeah. original. I was co-opting plots that were fed to me. No, I'm, really. curi-
2: I'm curious because... The those, fantasy is rescued Those were the plots. The fantasy is be
1: heroic. Why did that resonate? Like, what was it about that?
2: Well, when we were talking about this, or texting about it, I guess, uh, that occurred to me that most of those movies, girls were being rescued. So you guys were like, oh, I get to be this. This is how it's done. And then my role is wear a shiny dress and wait for someone to come to the boat to be get me hot. out or yeah try to be hot
1: <laughs> and be in terrible peril
2: and be in yes be need something
1: but if you're but if you're Indiana Jones's love interest a lot of tension there usually she's very sassy she acts like she doesn't really care for him she, that much is but she, she saving does. him though no no she's not i'm just saying
2: not usually
1: maybe sometimes you're playing hard there's to get there's
2: a pretty strong theme and Uh, The needing thing is huge because I I still have it up here that women have to need something in order to get attention. So it's not like you just extract that stuff out from pop culture. It's like, oh, um, first I need to be prettier and skinnier. And then also men like to rescue. So I better need something pretty good that they can, you know come and save me from or you know on what the I mean? flip
1: side you can be a, you're allowed to be vulnerable being too vulnerable isn't cool i get that and being helpless and being portrayed that way that's not great but having to be a hero and competent and handle everything all the time or have that you know idea drilled into your mind is not healthy either you
2: always know the right move because oh, sure. you're indiana jones and you're you always know the right and move. you're never sorry and <laughs> never sorry no, yeah Yep, no apologies. And yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter that your feet are bleeding either. God damn
1: it. You walk over the, the broken glass. You <laughs> wrap it up with some What's, toilet paper. You know, yeah, and you carry on. G-
0: Gennaro, His wife takes Holly? her maiden name, Holly Gennaro. Are you Not giving us, impressed.
1: are you giving us actual actress names? Holly, no, that's her I think her name is Character was name Bonnie something. Ian hard I think.
0: Why well, does
2: why does Dan
1: how does Dan retain? I this? remember
0: that her her maiden name is Gennaro. She drops McLean and goes back to Gennaro. Is it Holly?
2: I feel like it was Holly. Maybe
1: she still loves him, but she just can't take his renegade ways anymore.
2: Um. So, what was your original question?
0: The question was.
2: I don't think well. Andy and it, I
0: were uh, pretending to walk over glass with bare feet, or swinging on the monkey bars like Indiana Jones. Were you impressed at all? Or what were Were you agreement about? Was Was it working?
1: What was your fantasy?
2: Um, Was it working? No.
1: (laughs) It was not working.
2: Girls like break dancers.
1: Oh, that's what we should have been doing. Mm.
2: Yep. And the girls liked the ones who would talk to them, Mm. like without other boys around. Maybe hold hands. Oh, come on now. Oh. That's embarrassing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. So th-
2: connection, what women generally tend to gravitate for. I mean, I think if I'm remembering correctly.
1: And nobody taught you that. That's just what you. Sense of humor. I always felt like that was that was the thing. Like if I had anything going for me, I could make people laugh, make the ladies laugh. Mm. That, you know, was something. But then the rest of my game was bullshit.
2: <laughs> right. Was tying ropes around branches. <laughs> yeah, did, but after you the really, ropes, did you really you that? think that that was going to get the girls, though? Did you well, really think
0: that? The tying the rope, I mean... Uh, was it just
2: a ritual of, like, building confidence?
0: The tying the rope and all the acting part, that's what you do in private when... Because if anybody catches you doing that, it's your life oh, is over. Right. If anybody <laughs> catches you pretending to be Indiana Jones... Yeah. Middle That's school. That's the stuff that you did You have like, to move out of town. By yourself. Yeah. Uh, in the, <laughs> One of my moves was uh, <laughs> on the hottest of summer days. This is like sixth, seventh grade for sure. Hottest of summer days possible. I would wear pants and work boots. I'd wear like the whole Indiana Jones get up, like my Halloween costume. And like, I didn't have a leather jacket, but I had like a fatigue jacket. Um, and I would just go romp around in the woods and act, act it out like. The Wisconsin uh, the Merrimack Woods became a jungle and I was climbing and getting the drop on people and running. That wasn't even and all about that. getting a girl at that point. This no, that's is just pure fantasy. Thing. But there is that fantasy part of gallantry and coolness and all that.
2: I think that
0: Monday through Friday, that's gonna work.
2: I can't I can't speak <laughs> This is
0: weekend, Dan. <laughs> in the um, trees.
2: My friends and I I had one friend in particular that would do the exact same thing that you guys did. So we would go down to the creek or we would go to the woods or we would go and basically pretend like we had to save something or... This was a boy? No. Okay. Girl. Mm. And so, the, like, the element of adventure... Did you call her sir? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if it was just exclusive to boys entirely... Okay because that was what we did like when we got together to play that's what we did or dance and sang and pretended like we were on stage
1: i wonder if it's different for girls now that you know there was a lot of uh, discussion around like the new star wars ray the lead action character is female and there's you know girls are getting introduced more towards like hey you can you can kick ass too. You can, you can be the lead. You can be the hero. So perhaps it's feeling more, young girls to space out. Maybe,
2: but, and we also used to play Dukes of Hazard a lot.
1: But you weren't Daisy.
2: I can't remember if it was, if we fought to be Daisy or if no one wanted to be Daisy. Hmm. If we fought to be her, it wasn't because she was a great character. It's because she was a pretty, you know.
1: Tom Wopat, native Wisconsin boy, is <laughs> Shout out to Tom Wopat, Who's had a second career Singing in like Dinner theater places. Oh I don't know if you knew that No I didn't I think a Me Too Might have touched yeah, Tom had A little bit of a Me Too
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> Really So yeah Sometime
0: after Django Was he in Django Or was he in The Hateful Eight uh,
1: I Wait, know he, was he was in one either. of the
0: Tarantino movies it was probably the peak of his I career I haven't
2: seen all the Tarantino movies He's
0: in one of them He plays a He's a roughneck it, uh, Not Django is we need we need a
1: research department for this kind of stuff, yeah. like Joe Rogan, Scott.
2: I'd be very curious to hear, because um, I don't have a ton of experience with spoken live performance in front of big audiences, like theater. And how do you um, memorize all those lines and trust that you're going to have them in your mouth when you're on the stage? I feel like my mind would just go blank and then you're on stage and you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Part of it
1: is simple. Uh, a simple answer is just reps. You know, like you do anything enough times, it becomes unconscious. You were never in a play?
2: No, I didn't make it. You
1: didn't, you didn't make the cut?
2: I oh didn't fucking God. make it.
1: I it was a chorus part too. You were so academically advanced. That I don't know. It, the, did that humble you a little bit? Bring you back down to earth? Um, maybe?
2: it made me <laughs> not try out for anything for like ten years. That or, sucks.
1: That's you know this this touches on another thing. I was fragile. It's
2: tangent time.
1: Wait,
0: what? What was the Eastern European school that you went to, <laughs> where you were all in boxes?
2: <laughs> um,
0: oh, Palatine, Illinois. Yeah. Right. Correct.
2: But this, right. well, okay, yeah. So this was Palatine High School. But big enough that just we showing up 2, is not had 2,000 people. 2,000
1: people is a lot of people. The, yes. Palatine okay. sounds like the evil Sith in Star Wars, by it the way. It basically was Death Star. Palpatine, Palatine. Sorry, that's where my mind goes. North Suburbs?
2: Yeah, by mm. IKEA.
0: Mm. Is okay. that by
1: Gurney Mills? It's
2: horrible. Horrible place. Really? you You
1: have no love for home?
2: Oh, Lord. No, well, the donuts are good. I mean, that's about that's about all I have to say. Donuts and hot dogs in Chicago are...
1: They really are good.
2: They are the best. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's all um, shallow, consumer-driven, strip mall, strip mall, strip mall, mm, I can't. Mall, strip mall, strip mall, strip mall. And then, like, a little patch of nature preserve. Did the
1: mall always suck for you, or did you dig it when you were in high school oh, and then realize it sucked Yeah, later?
2: of course. I mean, yeah. we... Would go hang out at the mall and walk around and eat cheese fries and yes. do the prank the security
1: guard. The, no, the, the, well, Wait, the, no. My I was never a badass enough to do that, but I had a cousin who was fearless Dick? and no, his brother John. Oh boy, who was like the maestro of of pranks. Really, and, uh, what's his best prank? He was a genius. No, well, top three. It's not hard. This stuff is legendary (laughs) within my family, right? So his greatest talent probably, we're all familiar with the underarm fart. Most guys really have to like crank the arm and get, you know, to squeak out some fart noises. He, it was a little bit gross, the buildup and like the way that he he executed it, but he would spit into his hand. Okay, sorry, but you asked. And then (laughs) he would slide it in there and just...
2: Was this before armpit hair
1: or... Good question. Uh, Thank you. I I think it probably was, but he he maintained. If anything, his technique grew <laughs> through puberty, like you know, right. like a seasoned sax player, like Sonny Rollins' late career, just deeper, more expressive. Uh, <laughs> so he <laughs> the timber, B R E, the timber of it was <laughs> right. So he uh, it wasn't. He didn't have to flap. He could just squeeze so subtly uh. that you could barely tell he was doing it, but he produced such great volume and with subtle adjustments, I don't pretend to know how he did it, but like, must've been like the angle of his hand, the, the cupping action, the amount of spit, who knows? It was his gift alone. <laughs>
2: His
0: and his alone.
1: Yeah. No one no one I've ever heard even comes close what to What did it, it sound like? Well, like real farts. That's the thing that uh. was part, partially <laughs> great about it. But like the whole range of real farts. He could give you anything.
2: I thought you were going to go for like, he could play a song or... It's just no. fart sounds.
1: <laughs> Not just fart sounds, Adams. You know, like realistic, loud... Food
2: poisoning. Subtle, fart son- yeah, whatever <laughs> you need.
1: And he'd always pick genius opportunities to like break it out like the moment in a movie between the between the what do you call it the previews and the film that silent moment (laughs) he'd blast one there and then you know that was fantastic uh we went i went to the sears tower with him once which is what now the wacker tower
2: it's yeah it's like chase (laughs) Citibank tower or something i don't know
1: Mm. some corporate-sponsored thing that changes all the time. But anyway, that elevator, right? I was in there with him, and we knew it was coming.
2: How many people were in the elevator? Packed. And it's like 86 floors. It's a while.
1: It is a while. It's fast. But. It was when the Bulls won their last championship, Dan.
2: Oh, so probably busy.
1: Oh, yeah, it was jammed. 1998? You'd know. Mm. Uh, we're, we're talking the Rodman Bulls, and... We went. It feels like ninety-eight, ninety-eight bulls. We love that team so much that we made the pilgrimage to you Grant would. Park, so that we could, you know, see the victory, you know, celebration and parade, and and see the guys in person and celebrate with the city. And my brother climbed a greased light pole. Oh,
2: how did he do that? That's like another story.
1: It. it, it I'm sorry. I need to focus. <laughs> hey. So during this whole adventure, we took a little side trip to this Wacker Sears roebuck, whatever tower. And we got in the elevator. Jeremy and I knew it was coming. All we had to do was be straight men, but I'm the worst fucking straight man ever. So I like I think I got away from him and just like turned toward the wall. And and it you know, the doors had barely closed before John just started ripping them out. And just he ran through like his whole repertoire on the way. Out. Nobody was amused. Nobody <laughs> there God, thought that was so, Except two old guys at the front. The oh two God. old guys thought that was fantastic. They appreciated it, you know? Of
2: course they did. Yeah. Oh, my God. How is no one amused? <laughs> How is no one amused at that? That's hilarious.
1: I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, the guy's a goddamn legend, Jesus. you know? And for for those of us who were there and witnessed it.
2: Oh, man. It's too bad we can't do a segment called Andy's Cousins. <laughs> I mean that would just be We can talk about incredible. some of them.
1: We can talk about some of them. Jimmy Benson, heart of gold, <laughs> you know, brilliant guy. Um I how to how to summarize, but to me he's like and always will be my hero. Of you course. know, like he was I remember. And and the the standout memory that I have with Jimmy, we were so in awe of him in every regard because he was cool, he's older. And and you know just all of that stuff and and I remember getting cornering him once and saying, Jimmy, I mean, you're like you're the you're the you gotta be the best guitar player in the world, you know? Maybe do you what do you think? And he was like, No, no, no. He'd always shoot that shit down right away and say, There's always somebody better. There's always somebody better. He's very modest about his own talent, but you know what? I'll always be grateful for him for is he's the guy who's like, Hey, dude, have you heard Weird Al? <laughs> and, and hey, dude, have you heard this? Have you heard this? You should check this out. Just and he still feeding
2: doesn't. you different artists. Mm. There's nothing like that. I mean, those doing people.
1: all of the legwork for me. Mm-hmm. He's already sifted through all the shit, and he knows the gold. And he's just dropping it on me every time I see him for free. Oh
2: my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> no wonder he's your hero. Yeah, just mm-hmm. such a
1: generous, you know, soul that guy.
0: I think you were talking about a different cousin moments ago. When you uh, said a person who has all this talent and they don't know how to get it the out there. Marshal it into
1: a that career.
2: Guy.
0: How does anybody do that? How does anybody corral oh, the horses and get them pulling in the same direction and
1: Good Manager help? Feel
0: the feel it. When it's time to let it out you in the right place, in the right way. How does anybody find that?
2: Creative people or yeah. So artists, actors? Musicians, uh,
0: let's, uh, let's let's aim a little lower. Oh, like us, maybe like people like us. We are regular people. Musicians, <laughs> air quotes, regular Speak people. Speak for yourself, Dan. You may be <laughs> regular.
2: No. Um, <laughs> no, explain yourself. Go ahead. I have
0: under a hundred million hits on YouTube total. I mean, just any of us okay. that that have a talent. That just made me think how long it took me to do anything like that out of just fear and anxiety and what if people don't like it and I'd had some bad experiences and stuff so my playing guitar and stuff for the longest time as you know was just private only I knew about it I wouldn't even like certainly scarcely even tell people about it was
2: this after you guys had met or you were prior I think that's how everyone starts playing privately. No one can hear me. I will only practice when no one's home. Like at but, least except for your weird family that is. It was a goddamn inclusive. musical.
1: That's a huge. Yeah. It was a musical. Every time there's a family reunion or a birthday for mm, sure. There was a program. Yeah, obviously it is. was, you know, wow. yeah. Born into it. But I was still in rural Iowa and we, we can't overlook the fact that like a guy like Kurt Cobain, for whatever reason, he's coming to mind. He had the good fortune of being born around Seattle
2: uh-huh. and
1: that's a vibrant you know cultural sort of scene in america that we don't have anything i mean or i had no concept of ditto when i was nothing like palatine nothing at all (laughs) even close (laughs) no no ikea meatballs anywhere near there.
2: i think environment is massive with creative stuff because for the songwriters group that was the first time i really shared songs and if they hadn't been supportive 20 something yeah after college
0: you were 20-something.
2: Yeah. If they hadn't been supportive and, yeah, more, you know, that sounds great. And really, there wasn't a whole lot of feedback of the negative kind because it was just like these little baby birds. And (laughs) (laughs) you had to kind of keep the nest intact for that creative courage to grow.
1: We were all insecure. So yeah, we weren't about to bash somebody else because we were empathetic enough even at that relatively young age to be like, well, you know, I don't want anybody to be too brutally yep. honest with me if this sucks. So I'm going to mm. find something nice to say about this even if it kind of does it, suck. In oh some cases, my like... Oh
2: God. Some really... We're not going to mention names. <laughs> There's <laughs>
1: There's names no, of course, but
0: There's times in life for that though where that happens in school where you have to say something nice about... Yeah, I was what thinking just crashed and died on the <laughs>
2: stage.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, there's some real
2: I right, but I'm sure you can get there, get to like a creative thriving place unless there's at least one person who can say you should keep doing this. That sounds pretty good.
1: Mm. Why do you need somebody else to tell you to believe in yourself, right? Like but, to validate, you need some validation. What a great question, it
2: helps. Andy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I I
0: came from a pretty musical musical family, at least on my mom's side, pretty notoriously I'm adding it to the list. Kind of famously musical good like in old Madison back in like the 40s and 50s. Uh, not so much the, the the Nath family jam at all the family things, but once in a while someone would like play the piano and like I had an uncle that was an, played accordion and uh, my mom. Sang and played a stand-up bass. Really? Her, oh yeah. Her sister Wanda.
1: Your mom played the stand-up bass. That's yeah. crazy. It, you were you were destined to uh, strap on squire. Oh my but god.
0: That, maybe this is leading somewhere. Is that? And then her sister Wanda, her stage name was Wanda Star, and like played around the bars and stuff in Madison. Played with this. I I use quasi a lot. Played with this quasi famous guy Bobby Hodge, hmm. who had a few. Sp- Singles in like the '40s in the Midwest. So Actual
1: it, name or stage name? Star.
0: Wanda Star is the stage name. Gotcha. Wanda Dickowitz.
1: <laughs> Far less that sexy. Is not a stage.
2: Wipe name. off we that microphone. Star. Okay. So, uh,
0: but <laughs> Dickowitz. We had all that, uh, <laughs> that just,
2: Polish dicks. It sounds invented. Oh
1: my goodness. I know it sounds
0: made up. That's why it makes a great password or a, <laughs> a great uh, security question. So, but in tandem with that. Was Uncle Mickey would argue with anyone about n- nothing, about the size of the grains in the salt shaker or whatever you were doing, he would say, like, well, you should be doing it like this. That's and it not just a good creative like, environment.
1: Oppositional. I, I, no, it's so the opposite of what. Yeah. When I got
0: older, when I got in my teens and later teens, college years, early college years, and I brought my guitar home, I finally was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna sit down by Uncle Mickey and like, play my guitar and he's gonna play the piano and we were playing he was playing a number of these like songs from his uh, wheelhouse these old polka standards and stuff and I was strumming along and these songs are just like GCD whatever but I couldn't strum all the way up and down once without like a no no that's a diminished this oh, or boy. that's a this and it's just like and that is a formative everything's formative
1: how old 20s i was like 18 19 so for huh? him to not recognize that you're a budding player and you need a little encouragement like that i'm sorry dan but that's the opposite yeah my uncles were putting guitars in my hands and everything i played was and no matter what came out fantastic like, yeah you know yeah. I just, yeah
2: Yeah, so yeah. how did you get there then if you didn't okay. have any support
1: so,
0: uh then, you know, in the college years, uh, some of my friends that I don't really keep in touch with anymore will remember when I first got my guitar for Christmas and I came back to school. The, the Black Beauty? Black Beauty, yeah, Black Beauty. The uh, needs a better name. The uh, <laughs> That's a great
2: name. We're working on it.
0: The first time I, like, took it out, I mean, I couldn't wait. As soon as everybody was drunk, it was time. And I, I literally said, like, okay, we're going to play a three-song set. And it was, like, uh, I, patience I used to love her but I had to kill her and uh, All I Want Is You
1: All I Want Is You is that another GNR song? You, you too uh,
0: You too Okay
1: So oh, All I Want Is You yeah. okay.
0: Anytime that the guitar ever came out like late night like that it was always a scarring experience because oh. playing songs these people don't know them I mean they do, I guess. They they know him from what they've heard. But everybody just can't wait to be like, that's not that's not how it goes or like, you forgot this part. And it just <laughs> Really? Your friends were dicks. I know. Just
2: like, God. Mine just were like, drunk
1: and singing along.
0: <laughs> no, no. I is it me or what? I don't know. And yeah. It's Jesus. Just. It just punched my inner rock star down. It just punched it down to the point where I was like, Never again. Never again. I had one good experience. There was some good experiences. Like I took it to a a wedding once, and like they shut off the jukebox, and I played for a while, and people were like getting into it. So th- there were some good memories with it, but it's mostly just people like, I don't like that song, or like, that's not how it goes. Do you know
1: like, of something else? Yeah, right.
0: right. Or people requesting songs that you can't play on an acoustic guitar for a guy who's been playing for a few weeks or a few months. Like, can you play Purple Haze? Or can you play Voodoo Child? Like, <laughs> no, I can play <laughs> Patience. I can play. I used to love her.
2: So.
1: Take it and be happy.
2: How did you get there then? That's another. It was later in life. It was
0: after we had kids. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the hilarious. Is that irony? Is that like when I was young and could do it, I wasn't around anybody that was like giving and loving and warm like the Jamley is. It was all just on the knuckles all the time. (laughs) And it wasn't until I had kids and it was like. You don't have time for it that I met all these people that were like, man, we should we should play together and we should be a band. And you've got, hey, that's taste pretty music. good. And
1: yeah, that kind of thing.
0: It, and then it, and and I'm already in my like late 20s, early 30s. And and ever since I've been able to play with people, it's a, it's a struggle every single time. it's a, It's been a struggle. Do you, What do you, struggle?
1: The struggle of like
0: walking out of the house and like oh, just leaving, right. you know,
2: schedules, the struggle. Got
1: it with all the kids
2: yeah
1: yeah i don't know if it's cool to reference another podcaster but my primary influence and one of the only guys that i really listen there's to, varying opinion on that Marin says there's no late to the party anymore in terms of like hmm. you know if you if you find a band that everybody's known for 20 years or whatever who the fuck cares mm-hmm. you know it's not a competition and like the fact that you got started when you did it's unfortunate in a way. I mean, it makes me feel sad. Super that, sad. That you went through those years and just had that string of bad luck between, you know, disapproving uncles and lame friends. But you got there. You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's, I don't, I don't want to force a silver lining. No matter how you got there, though, you got there.
0: Yeah,
2: there's no way say that party. about a lot of things. Yeah. LL Cool J says, dreams don't have deadlines. Ooh, mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm.
1: What does LL Cool J stand for? Yeah, what's the LL?
0: Anyone? Oh, I've heard it. I've heard it in the culture, but I don't know. Ladies love
1: oh Cool Lord. James.
2: I mean, that's, that's <laughs> not a that's not a guy who's in his fifties. by now, he should not. Let's change that. Usually, it's time to amend it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. grandchildren love Cool He's got J. Grandchildren.
0: <laughs> is he on CSI? Is LL
1: Cool J on CSI?
2: Oh yeah, he. I think he is on a. Primetime show.
1: Mama said knock you out. Please spot me while I play. I supply enthusiasm. I'm aimed at your end. Different scan for what happened to a bobbing here Better signal coming back on the same level. Rican frequency wavelength. How's the reception connection? Don't flip the dial. That's here for commercial free. commercial free. Only thing for sale, a beer me and me. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got to make and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got to make what I need's a new remote. I'm and click, point point click. Flip around for a little more appreciation from no crowd. anticipation. Would it be too much entirely Do expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely what if what they say is true? Less is more. More, more is what I'm more. telling you.